are you sure you can blame it on social media? Lexington is good for business. Spending money makes you money. Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. Redesigned. You've got to put in the effort every single day. Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers. They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Redesign Podcast. This is episode number eight. It's Andrew here, aka Mr. Box. Thank you so much to everyone that supported since the launch. It's been amazing. Very, very happy new year to you all. Uh, yeah, first episode of the year. Really looking forward to everything. Got a, a bag of different projects lined up. I don't want to say too much right now, but this year is going to be very, very interesting. I'll just say that. I'll just leave that out there. But yeah, this week we've got another set of special guests in the building. I caught up with Sace, Tyson and Leon from Mentivity. It was an interesting conversation. Uh, make sure you get your snacks and your drinks and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Don't forget, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can on the Twitter using the hashtag RedesignPod. So that's the hashtag RedesignPod, all one word, if you want to get involved in the conversation. And uh, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, no matter where you're listening, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud or Acast or Stitch or whichever, get involved. All right, guys, so without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. <laughs> you guys have a good trip up here, yeah? yeah, yeah what, coming yeah. all the way from South, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just like 8.13. You know, I've got driver. love for South, you know. I'm an East London boy, but I've always got love for South. Yeah? Where, where in East London did you grow up? Uh, Poplar. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Near Canary Wolf. Like, yeah, yeah. five minutes away from Canary Wolf. That's a mad area. That's a crazy area. It's mad. Yeah, man. But I went to school in South. Where? Blackheath. What, Bluecoats? Nah, nah, nah. Oh. I, know, I know Bluecoats, oh. but um, I used to go to St. Joseph's Academy. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. so I know who you know that was, now. Yeah. 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 Was notorious yeah. back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. All them men went there. Yeah. If you play you football, know. you got their school. Yeah, your school, William Penn. Mm. Oh. What school did you go to? I went Adrian Stanhope, so I was based in Lewisham. We were a small school as well, so in oh, Lewisham right. we came under the same bracket. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> pretty boys, we were pretty boys. We was a pretty boys yeah, school. Yeah. We weren't footballers, the, weren't about nothing, just pretty boys. In the it. nasty uniform, dude. <laughs> 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 the uniform. Bro. Nah, man, it could have been worse than the green blazer, though, man. No, yeah. brown, brown. brown. We're brown. We're brown. Off brown. We're brown. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's tough. Know, it's tough. Know, it's tough. Know. Know. A food poisoning brown, like that was. Terrible, <laughs> so now I'm gonna try and defend it. I'm gonna try and defend it at all. That's why you spend most days at other people's schools, isn't it? What? Yeah. You know, I need to be careful that I don't drink too much. Yeah. I'm Dad, mum, like it like I'm sorry. Study and no hope. It's called study and no hope. Yeah. That's see why it was, it was a grammar school. It was a grammar school initially. It was, it was still was. a grammar school when Tough I was there. So they pulled the plug. And they, <laughs> so you went there. <laughs> 1999, things got a bit. 97, 1997, yeah. things got a bit dark. <laughs> I was like, okay, we've had an influx of different students. I was going to say that's what you meant. And um, yeah. yeah, things got a bit dark, and it was different. And everyone had pulled their kids out, and I was like, okay. when, you, when you say dark, what do you mean? Boy, when I say dark, I mean it was predominantly a white school. And, um, you know, they made it a public school. For some reason for them, public just means let's get a lot of black people in. So <laughs> it turned public and a lot of black people was there. 
It kind of sounds like a similar situation to St. Joseph's because it was like a comprehensive school and it was proper strict. Like in the mornings, as soon as the form tutor work, walks in, you got to like stand up and greet them, greet oh, the yeah. teachers, innit? Yeah, and then they'll check your socks. Are you wearing the right socks? Grey socks only. Full full uniform. If you're not wearing the full uniform, you're getting sent home straight. Oh, no, we weren't like that. Discipline. My class was. Well, we went to Kingsdale. You went where? Kingsdale. So basically West Dulwich on the border of Southwark. Okay. Um, edge of it. And then Lewisham. So basically Crystal Palace is basically in a kind of no man's land. Right. But it was in between Dulwich College and yeah, other schools. So we went to Kingsdale, which was like a giant youth club with education. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it was, it was like. mad. It was, it was like, it, it was predominantly black, and it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. It, it got crazier as it, as it, as it, as it went on. But it was a craziness that you wanted to be a part of. Yeah. It wasn't like ultimately that dangerous. It was just fun. It was like I'm going to school. I know I'm gonna have fun today. But when I get on the first bus or the first yeah, train, it's true. I'm gonna see my friends. Mm. We're gonna have cussing matches all the way to school. Someone's oh, gonna get cussing, rinsed. I remember those all the way to school. Get Someone's to school, gonna literally ball. feel bad for the whole day because <laughs> of the choices they made, whether to wear, you know, a do rag to school or whether they put sporting waves on, didn't cream their face or cream their face oh. too much. So literally, people got cussed on the way to school. But these guys are speaking for themselves. Kingsdale's a no go zone. You do not go there under any pretense. You nice. do not go to Kingsdale. Nice, right. Nope. Right. You don't go there. You the, don't, the whole you don't even go to the school as in outsiders. Even out, outsiders, anyone, like you don't, it's just one of those yeah. schools you during, didn't really want to get. During it's, the whole it's in the worst years. place possible. I just find it, it was in one of the worst places possible. So where you had Southwark, you had Lambeth, you had everywhere. Mm. You didn't yeah. really want to go down there. If you're not known, if you went up there, if people didn't know you, nah, forget about it. Don't so even I mean, walk past I'm it. I'm glad so that means we were known. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Listen, Kingsdale's on the map. Kingsdale's on the map. Not for good reasons, but Kingsdale's on the map. I've never really asked what people thought about people that went to Kingsdale and the whole reputation. Do you know what's mad? I've never even heard of the school. Yeah. All now I'm thinking, I've heard of St. Thomas Apostle. Yeah. I've heard of uh, Bluecoats. Uh-huh. And then, what other schools were there? To be honest with you, I only know about the other girl schools, like St. Ursula's and... Oh, okay. One of those guys, yeah. yeah. girls walking around the school. There, yeah. was another, <laughs> there was another There was another. boy school, but I can't remember. They used to wear black, black blazer. William Penn? It's got to be William Penn. It's got yeah, to be I think, I think it's got to be William Penn. Yeah. That so, was probably... So, yeah. During what well, I must have been year nine, year ten... William Penn closed down, down and all the, the boys that they couldn't find schools for came to Kingsdale. Which was right, right, so right, it just the it worst, turned into a war zone. Worst, yeah. So yeah. yeah. I mean, during my... the whole five years at Kingsdale, I didn't see no other school came down to our school. No. None. No other school came down to our school to start any sort of trouble. And it was never that. They couldn't. <laughs> they actually couldn't. But that was a it was a good reputation, but it was a close-knit community. Everyone had their internal kind yeah, of beef yeah, yeah. and battling and stuff. Yeah. But when someone else tried to come down to the school, doesn't matter who they yeah, were, it. everyone's just backing it for each other. Yeah. So that's what it was. It was a good sense of community in that respect. We had some really good teachers there. Um, I learned a lot. If I had a choice to go to another school at that age, I would have gone to Kingsdale again, just for the life lessons that mm. I learned. Probably would have mm. worked a bit harder, for sure. But ultimately yeah. prepared me for the world. Personally. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So it was it was a good school in that respect, and we had a good balance of kind of the rough and the smooth, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. had a really good head teacher, a guy called Stephen Williams. I'm not sure where he is, and he's a fantastic guy. Like he could have probably excluded me nowadays. I probably would have got permanently excluded, like in year seven. Year seven? Oh, for sure, I was bad. I just liked to fight. That's what it was. You liked to fight? I liked to fight when oh, I went to school. Goodness. Coming from 
my primary school. <laughs> so I, was well. I was like one of the top dogs. Yeah, yeah. I came with that whole mentality yeah, yeah. into the school, not realizing that there are people that are basically men who are 16 year olds yeah. in the school. And I was running up my mouth and getting myself into fights, but I'm a person who didn't fear fighting. So mm, if mm. I didn't agree with someone, I'll be fighting year 11s, year 10s. You was year seven, you yeah. fighting year yeah, 11s. Obviously I got my face punched in and losing and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Might get okay. one little hit in and you're like, oh, He's got a bit of heart. You got heart though. Right. No, and to be year time, seven and, and reaching for listen. year 11. Listen, let me tell you a story, yeah? Right. I was in year nine and some guy came up to me. You know when you're lining up for lunchtime, yeah? And like they call you by like year groups usually. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. sometimes like some people might roll in late because mm. they've missed their, their slot or whatnot. So I'm lining up now and getting my food. Now I'm picking what I want. Some year nine walks, no, some year seven walks up to me. I'm in year nine. Mm. And at this time, I was big. Mm. I stopped growing in year nine. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I, I just wasn't blessed in the height department. But year nine, I was the size I was meant to be in it. Mm. So he's come up to me. He's looked at me. He's gone, what? You want beef? I said, what? <laughs> he said, do you want beef? This guy, I don't even know who this guy is. You're mm. year seven. Mm-hmm. And because of his attitude, I was like, you know what? I took a step back. I thought this boy must be on crud because mm. he knows that I'm not in, his, in the same year as him. Yeah? Mm. And he's coming to me with that energy. Mm. Yeah. So I just like, I just ignored him in it. I just let him do what he was doing. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to observe. Mm. Turns out now this boy was properly about that life. Mm. Like mm. I, I heard a rumor that he's, he's no longer here, but right. that's, that was kind of, but it, it w- if he, if, if it's actually true, yeah. it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Cause he got into loads of other serious, serious stuff later on yeah. down the line. I mean, I would like it. Can, Going into Kingsville, not to a prison, but I, I went in there knowing that I had to have a reputation. Mm. I knew about the school already. Yeah, I turned down a scholarship to Allen's. Mm. My mum wasn't happy about that, but I said I'm not going to Allen's because I don't feel comfortable being there. That's yeah. not my environment. That's not my people. I want to go to Kingsville. I wasn't going to war for Jeffrey Chaucer. So when I went there, I knew that my brothers were coming to follow me, basically. So I yeah. knew I needed a reputation to make sure that no one could trouble me. Mm. I went in there without any. Older brother, every cousin, sibling, nothing. It was just literally going there. I'm right. I know I'm good at fighting. Yeah. So I'll fight if I need to defend myself. And fighting that year 11, William, getting a good hit. <laughs> Another year 11 came. I'm like, he's like Rocky. Boom. <laughs> put my hand up and I yeah. got a bit of respect from there. But yeah. So it was a little bit easier for those guys coming in. Like, oh, they're always referred to as like, oh, this younger cease. <laughs> so wait, you're the oldest, yeah? I'm the oldest. You're the yeah, oldest, yeah, right. Yeah. And then my other brother, Ramel came in then Tyson. Yeah. So it was just kind of thinking that, right, when they come in, it's a little bit easier yeah. for them to come in. So I was kind of thinking ahead. Mm. So what do you think, like, you know, back to what you were saying about um, on the way to school, the bus rides on the way to school, you know, cussing matches, having fun, and you've got that balance between, obviously, the rough and the smooth. You know, growing up as a young boy, you need to be exposed to both elements. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when you're talking about fighting and stuff like that, back in our day, if you have a ruckus with someone, mm-hmm. you might, you probably just shake hands the next day. Standard. Right? <laughs> and you guys, you guys work in, you work with schools, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To give context to people listening, like you guys work with schools. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the big difference between school life back then mm. and school life like now? For me, I think one of the biggest things for me is going to be social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd have fights. <laughs> you'd win, you'd lose. Yeah. By two, three days, it's done. Um, now the fact that someone can actually film that and it's there and you can upload it and put it and send it around everywhere and it, it won't go away. You can see yourself, your head getting kicked in. Day yeah, after day. you see your head, you know, it's <laughs> I not. I imagine it, you know. it. It doesn't go away. Wow. Like, oh, look at this, look at this. Do you remember this? Do you remember this? And because young people, you know, 
People say that adults sometimes are bad with what they say, but young children and young people, they just say what they see. They're literally in the purest form. Mm. They say what they actually see. And if they see that, they're just going to tell you how it is. And you're not going to like hearing that because you're going to see that. And that's what kind of builds up the whole animosity within you and the bad vibes. And that's why a lot of young people end up getting themselves into a madness and doing things they shouldn't do because of that. So. Yeah, because that stuff is immortal, isn't it? It, it never goes away. Mm. Like, you know, something, you, I don't know. I remember when we were younger, you, happy slaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We used to yeah. see that stuff. And, you know, uh, I'd left school by then, pretty much. But seeing that and seeing somebody get slapped, like I can still see those videos now. Mm. And to think that that's never going to go away. So for, for for somebody who's been a victim of that, mm. you now have to do something to make sure that everyone kind of either forgets that or says that, okay, this is what happened to him, but then this is what he done afterwards. This is what he done, yeah, afterwards. So yeah. it's all about Redeem reputation, himself, isn't yeah. it? I think also to add to that, in terms of the understanding that we were children mm. and there was a hierarchy in terms of there's children, there's adults. Even in there were adults that we didn't like in the school, we still respected them to some degree because they were a teacher, mm. whether we liked them or not. No right. And yes, you might give them a bit of attitude, but ultimately we understood the boundaries that we are a child in this society and that we still need to learn and we need, need to pay attention to certain adults. That's not saying that we didn't take advantage of certain other yeah. teachers, of course. You know, that weren't as probably strong in terms of <laughs> like supply teachers. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. You know when supply teachers yeah, come yeah, in, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, instantly that's free period, isn't it? Say something to Larissa about that. How do you know my name? Yeah, they're talking bad about you in the yeah. staff room, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. standing. Yeah. You know, they, got, they got your picture, yeah, on, on the board. <laughs> I think they did. They actually yeah. do that in red flag. A lot of schools now. Swear down. Yeah, a lot of schools. There's a there's a there's pictures of all the students' names next to it. Some got little marks on them. Like a lot of children don't understand that, that 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 there's there's a board mm. and there's a hierarchy of who you need to check first. Mm. So as a supply teacher coming in, you know, okay, look, this this child, call it, you know, Joe Blogs, whatever you want to call it, that's the one. You get yeah. them on in line, everyone else then everyone else falls in line. And that's that's a, yeah, and that hasn't changed. It hasn't like, changed. For us, it's now children now actually think they're adults and they're superior in terms of that hierarchy system that oh, I'm on top because I know this or I do that. And there's no boundaries in terms of children now. They will feel they can talk to adults a certain way and that because they're children, they know their rights. Oh, I'm a child. You can't do that. You can't do that. I can do whatever I want. Oh, because you've got this badge on. But when you leave that school, you're a civilian, just like mm. that child. Yeah. So, and when you go out to the outside world and you're doing the same thing you're doing in school, there's going to be no gonna boundaries. Do, Someone's going to do what they person. need to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think and just that, touching, issue. just touching on what Stacey is saying there. I think back in the day when we, when I definitely was in school, when we was in school, teachers were actually big people though. Yeah, they were big true. people. Mm. And um, you know, there's if you found someone in their thirties, maybe at a push that would be good. But more times they were forties and fifties. They were big people yeah. that commanded that kind of level of yeah, respect. Yeah. I think nowadays. You've got people just going straight to university, coming out of university, wanting to be teachers. What, 23? What, in yeah. secondary school? In, yeah. yeah. In yeah. 23 in secondary Benjuties. schools. Yeah, 23, yeah, 24. Benjuties. And then if you look at it, you've got most schools secondary now have six forms. So you've, you've got like 18 and 19 year olds there. Yeah. That 23 to 19 year old, that's a close, it's a real it's close too, gap. Close, yeah, it yeah. almost becomes friendly, isn't it? Like mm. you could add each other on Facebook, yeah. that sort of gap. Yeah. So um, I think that kind of, you know, the, the respect thing is not really going to come there because it's more like a friend thing as it is you know, then you being a teacher. Oh, but how wild that is. When you, what you just said there about Facebook and like social media, imagine being able to see what your teachers were doing back in the day. <laughs> Listen, some of the teachers, they were regulars at that pub. Yeah, you yeah. see them after football, at school, walking past, you see them. Yeah, but mm-hmm. to be honest, that would be funny. That would have been funny because, yeah. you know, certain teachers, we knew they were about this life. Yeah. <laughs> that they were out there having fun, doing their things, raving or whatever mm. it may be. And that made them human. 
yeah. to us. Mm. That's a difference as well. But there were boundaries. Yeah. I think what you also got to think about is um, when we were in school, teachers were about classroom management. They were mm. about dealing with their own issues. So I remember my form tutor, literally, literally, I had no, like we had no room for maneuver. Like anything, he'd just give you lines. And you were like, lines? Like you just say 50. That's it. And you're like, so everyone knew exactly what you're talking about, 50. <laughs> Yeah. And you say, what, but, as soon as you say, but, 100. Yeah, like Irish. <laughs> <laughs> 150. And you just keep going until you yeah, stop yeah, talking. Yeah. And, that, but, but, and he'd make you do them. Yeah. He'd make you do them. And, and. But he was imposing as well. But he, he was very he imposing. He was about six foot four. He was big. But, right. but the yeah. other side of it is that you understood why he was there. He was there because he enjoyed working with young people. He was good at doing that job. I'm not saying that there are teachers that are not good at it. I'm, mm. um, but in terms of, you felt that teachers were there for the, the, the betterment of, of pupils. Whereas nowadays, I feel that there's a lot of teachers that are there because they get 13 weeks of holiday or it looks good on their CV because they want to go into some other school somewhere else. So they work yeah. in, as in, a in a city London school yeah. So yeah, as a stepping stone or work in a pru as a stepping stone. So I think that the idea of going into as a teacher has changed. That what, the reasons why people go into it has changed. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go back to that, but we've just been chatting, man. Like, <laughs> who we got in the building today, man? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff over the side. All right, I'm Leon Rett. Okay. What do you do, man? What do I do? <laughs> Who okay. Are you? I am the Who engagement lead at Mentivity, the company which we all founded. Sick. I'm Sace Holmes Lewis. Um, yeah, founder of Mentivity, um, strategic lead. Uh, what that means is kind of like I developed the strategy in terms of going forward and business development, um, securing contracts and try to kind of map out where we're going in the future. Um, we'll be three years old in February, on the 22nd of February, 2019. Um, it's been a whirlwind three years, but it's been Congrats. fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we're, we're making waves. People are trying to, to find out who we are. Um, yeah, so definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. you guys are doing bits. I've been seeing bits and pieces, but before, who else we got? Um, my name's like Tyson, Tyson. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, Sace's brother. Yeah, um, I, am, <laughs> I am the safeguarding lead at Mentivity um, due to a number of other roles that I've done previously. Been in education for what, 11, 12 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and yeah, which, yeah, part of Mentivity is just, it's, as they said, it's been a whirlwind for years. Yeah. It's been amazing. But yeah, we, we, we're we just getting started. So, so yeah, it's just definitely an exciting thing to be a part of. Right. So for people that are listening now, if you could sum up mentivity in one word, what is mentivity? One word is not possible. And Tyson and Leon are going to look at me to speak. <laughs> <laughs> one word. One, okay. One word. What I meant to say, I just clocked what I said, you know. You see, I, I'm, I'm already waved. <laughs> it's too early. I should never have brought the, the drink. The captain bro. has you now. <laughs> captain Morgan's got me, bro. Um... What I meant to say was one sentence. Okay, cool. That that's more reasonable. I can't expect you to like, you fight it in one word. Though. Yeah. If you set the challenge for one word, we might as well I'm try. I'm actually want to do that now. I'm going to actually try. think. How can we describe mentivity in one word? We might just I make mean, up a new word. The, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the one word I had so far is, is it might be a bit of a cheat, but groundbreaking. That's 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 one that I had mm. off the top of my head. Um, Where's the trumpet? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. No, we would say that we're trying to change education. But in, in, a, in a nutshell, Mentivity is an alternative educational provision uh, which uses informal education as a means to uh, supplement formal education with young people, kind of build young people up where formal education fails to give them the knowledge of society and the world and knowledge of self. Um, so we're also a mentoring company. So we offer one-to-one -one mentoring. 
um, conversation-based um, learning, which is a facet of informal education where young people learn through conversation, learn through doing mm. um, and sharing experiences with people such as ourselves. So that would be mentality in a, in a nutshell. Cool. Okay, so like, you know, when you go to like schools, the, the sort of kids that you typically work with, what's the story behind why someone might be referred to yourselves? So first and foremost, we don't, we don't discriminate. So we work with any type of child. Um, we always believe that everyone could do with a mentor. It doesn't matter if you're high flying or you're struggling, you could, you know, you could, you could use a mentor. However, um, in the schools that we work with, most of the children that we work with are those that are sort of on the margins of society. So either um, facing difficulties at home, mm-hmm. difficulties in school, um, and or you know, their personal life. So we tend to get children who are uh, struggling in one way, shape or another. Yeah. Um, and then they, they, they come to us as, as a specialist to help them out of their, their difficult times, basically. Okay, so like, um, so for example, when you've got, what do you find is a common struggle that some of these kids have when you say like problems at home and stuff like that? What do you think is, what's a common pattern that you, you guys tend to find? I think the common, one common pattern without going, before we go to the problems at home, mm. one of the, the biggest issues that we find in schools is children having poor relationships with teachers. Yeah. Um, and then trying to manage that. That's one of the biggest issues we deal with. Yeah. A lot of children just not able to to function properly in, in, in a school setting. Yeah, I think just touching on that, um, what I like to say to a lot of people is, um, to put in in layman's term, look at a TV, how it was built and how it was made in the 1950s. Mm. Look at a TV in 2018. Look at a car in 1950s look at a car in 2018 look at education in 1950s and look at education in 2018 mm. one of the things there has not changed ever it's true you know one of the things has not changed ever it's true. and that's what our problem is the, the young people nowadays you know we've just spoken about a few things and we, we that's different than when we was in school but it's changed since then but the education still hasn't changed and the you know itself. yeah the system itself yeah. and that's what kind of i think a lot of the work in which we do is because we believe that a change has to come within the education system itself you know to to you know something needs to be there to cater for all different types of young people now because young people learn differently it's not just the one kind of right all of you guys into a class 30 30 kids one teacher this that the other it's that doesn't wash no more Mm. it's it's got to meet the demands of society Mm. and meet the demands of the labor market and what people want to do and education is not reflective of society let's dive a little bit deeper into that so when you say education is not reflective of current society well the system is not reflective mm-hmm. of the current society what kind of things do you think um we're lacking with in terms of education what's the disconnect that you're noticing so for the disconnect i'll speak from my personal experience of doing my gcse's for example um the book that we had to read one of the books we had to read um alongside a collection of poems were was to kill a mockingbird mm. that book didn't interest me even though it had a lot of issues that are very prevalent in society now, but it just didn't engage me. If there was something that was relative to football or sport or some sort of other context in English, I loved English, by the way, Mm. and I really loved to express myself in creative writing, but I didn't fully read the book until the exam. And because it it didn't interest me, it's got to be things that interest young people. And that's what we're trying to do through mentivity is that we're trying to educate young people in different ways, in ways that engage them and through their interests. Now, all that does is allow them to experience success. Whereas a lot of schools, they don't experience any success. So they're fading, they're fading, they're fading. And that's impacting their self-worth. 
So once you look at the education and say, right, for example, an inspector calls, they're still using that that text for GCSEs. I yeah. did that in like it's in to this day, yeah. To this day. So but there are so many <laughs> But there are so many other books out there that are so much more interesting. Yeah. They're autobiographies. I mean, there are things that young people want to learn about that they're not learning about. So make crazy, education man. engaging and relative to you, the young people you're teaching. So why do you think why do you think that no one's looked at this stuff and said, you know what, how can we engage better with the youth and be like, how can we capture their their attention more? Because I see I see exactly where you're going with this in terms of like you're showing man books from the fifties. Yeah, yeah, that's not it's not relative to today's world. Like it's not even it's not connecting with you. you yeah. Know? So I think first and foremost, it, it does happen. There are some schools that have sort of a, a broader curriculum. So I worked in a school previously that had um, for their their text that they were using, they were using um, the Hunger Games, yeah, mm. um, which is you know a very good book to read. Also has a movie that you know movies that you can watch so that straight away engages the young people. So there are schools that do it. I think the biggest issue is the exam boards. The exam boards have certain books that are you know, a part of their curriculum mm. and to be um, exam examined on them, you have to read particular books and then it's who runs the exam boards. And, and so, it, you know, it's, it's a hierarchy. And then you look at the, you know, the um, whoever runs education and all that sort of stuff. So that's the issue. It's mm. not changing from the top down. But the current education system serves those that are in power. It serves the status quo. It serves people in, basically it's a disservice to people that are, are undertaking it. Some people, because mm. you, some people learn more informally. Some people are more, are more vocational. But the fact of the matter is, is that this makes people think less critically. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that the current education is basically regurgitating knowledge that you've learned in an exam. For me, that's not the best way of learning. No, me personally, I don't like exams. Yeah. I've never really been good at exams. I never focus on exam technique. I had to do one at university when I was supposed to not do it any yeah. exams. And when they told me I had an exam, I kind of had a meltdown. I was like, I haven't done one since I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. And then I had to do it literally. Yeah. I had a broken hand, so I had to do it on the, on the laptop. And in there, I was like, I know I didn't do well. But mm. that is the fader. And I, I was 31 at the mm. time. And I felt that kind of associated failure with exams that I'd failed before. And uh, literally as a grown man kind of had a little meltdown, like, I don't want to do this. I think mm. when, you, when you add to that, I mean, between the, 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 the four of us here, we've all worked a number of jobs, I, I'd imagine. Yeah. How many jobs have you had in exam? In? Say that again? How many jobs have you had in exam? It's true. Um, <laughs> what, what, what? Can't even think of any. I've never had an exam never. at a job. No. So why are we testing people on exams? Exactly. It's Unless it's something where like you have to go through like safety training where they say, okay, Learn yeah. this stuff. Yeah. But and before we can process. let you on the shop floor yeah. or whatever, you need to prove that you know X, Y, and Z. That's specific You have to be training. a specific yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. That's specific training. Not, but to never go and work to in get Tesco's, the... yeah. you don't need to do an exam. Exactly. Like, so what are you, why are we doing that? Why are we gauging success via that? Yeah. And um, plus, when you say that, you know, like regurgitating information, like back in our day, there's a lot of focus on like general knowledge and stuff like that. Yeah. Remembering facts, mm -hmm. dates. What do we need that for now when we've got Google? Pub quiz. <laughs> for me, for me so seriously because sorry. you could cut some of that out yeah? yeah and focus it on some of the stuff that you're you're talking about do you get yeah. what i'm saying to you i mean 
me personally, I love general knowledge. I love it's important. Like, I, I love important. acquiring knowledge, and I have done from a young a young age. I used to read so many books. Our mum educated us before we went to school. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when we went to school, we were already ahead. People were doing A. We're doing A B C D. We know this already. We've written it, and they're like. Oh my gosh, yeah. these children are so, but no, we've just got a head start. Yeah. So our mum did that. My mum was our first teacher. And what you got to understand is that a lot of these people, they don't want to learn. Mm. They don't understand the link between learning and success. Mm. And this is something we break down with children, even with ourselves. Tyson and Leon are both at university now. I went to university in 2010. I actually started with Leon, but for circumstances beyond his control, he couldn't continue. So yeah, yeah. he had to take a step back. But once I got that degree in 2014, this last four years has been an absolute dream. It's mm. been a movie because I've got the life knowledge. I've got the knowledge of education now and I'm still acquiring knowledge yeah. and I'm layering up. Yeah. And now I've got now business knowledge. I didn't know how to set up a business. Now I feel like kind of invincible. Like there's nothing that can really stop me. And I feel very confident now. And I think this is where we're all at. We're very mm -hmm. similar in our yeah. mindset. And we're just like, there's nothing that is that we can't achieve. Mm. And environmentivity now, you know, we're breaking down barriers. And in primary schools, people seeing us, they're black male role models. They're like, it's fantastic. That's really important. Yeah, that's it's fantastic. very, very and important. I think sometimes we're a bit too humble in terms of what we're actually, we've achieved in three years. Yeah. Mm. And what we're actually doing. And we had a, a Christmas due with one of our academy chains, the Pioneer Academy. Shout, Shout out, out to Pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> but... We literally, I stood around while everyone was kind of dancing, eating, having fun. And the reception that we were received from people, like, oh, they're the Mintivity guys, they're the Mintivity girls, literally made me feel so proud. And I said it to you, I said, I'm so proud of us. Like, I'm so proud right now. I'm beaming with pride because we have changed the way this school is looking at education and yeah. the way they look at extracurricular education. And that's key for us. And like Leon said, we want to change the face of education in this country and other countries. Yeah. Let's step back a, bit, a little bit when you're talking about, you know, parenting and stuff, yeah. like giving you the head start in terms of education. Mm -hmm. Do you find that modern parents nowadays, they're not as invested? Or do you find that it's just, um, it's, it depends on the individual. I, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a, I think it's a tough one. And I think like, I wouldn't know about if parents are invested. I, I don't know. It's a difficult one because... The demand on parents right now to work and you have to work and the breakdown yep. of the modern family, mm -hmm. you know, has put a lot of strain. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. On a lot of people, no you know, doubt. I have to say shout out to the mums out there. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of single mums out there. There are single dads too. And I myself was raised by my dad. So, you know, first nine years with my mum. Second, you know, since nine years old, I've always been living with my dad up until I got married when I was about 25, 26. So... I've only known a man to be there for me, but that's rare. Like I speak to most people. I don't know a lot of people whose dad took them on, said, I'm going to do this for you, son. I'm going to do that. I remember my dad sat me down and just said, look, I'm freestyling. Never done this before, son. So we just have to work on it together. He never had his dad in his life sort of thing. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of single parents out there due to the breakdown now. And I'm like, it's difficult. It's difficult for a mum to be home at four or five o'clock for her child. So instead of her mum having to do that, she's having to leave three, four pounds on the side, go to the chicken and chip shop. Yeah. get your meal yourself so there's none of this you know family meal time or anything like that most kids they wouldn't even know what a family meal time is they don't even know how to sit a around the table yeah. set a table eat properly with a knife and fork so a lot of these kids are dealing with these issues before they even get to school yeah yeah and then when they get to school obviously yeah. you're not in the right frame you're not in the best not optimum frame of mind yeah. do you know what i mean i, I had an experience with a young man a 
can't say his name for obvious reasons. Yeah. I coached him at a football club, a local football club in Peckham for about two years. He came, I thought he was a really good player, quite mature, good presence up front. I thought he was good, but he always came late. And me, I'm about discipline. Yeah, football's, you know, I've had a career in football and stuff, coaching, playing. Mm. And when I work with young people, it's about discipline, instilling life skills and telling them the reason why we're doing this. He used to come late repeatedly. I'd be like, listen, bro, come on, man. You're late, you're late. I can't start you now. I can't start you now. On his case, on his case. We started working at his school about 18 months later. And it wasn't until then that I found out that he was a young carer. He was caring for his mum. And I literally had to take some time out, sit down, process it. I felt so terrible that I've been on this boy's case, kind of making slide jokes about, oh, you know, you're going to be late for your own funeral and blah, blah, blah. But not knowing that he's caring for his mum pretty much single-handedly from the age of 12. And that I added to his stress and pressure, not understanding what was going on. I'm not even asking, Mm. why is it that you're late? And... I felt terrible and I had to apologise to him. I said to you, look, bro, I'm really sorry. I had no clue that this is what you were going through and this is what you're dealing with. However, you've got to let people know that this is what the responsibility you have and this is what you're doing and this is why you're late. Because I had no clue. And I should have asked too. So it's a joint responsibility. Mm. So I felt terrible. Once we knew that and we were working with him, literally, like Leon was working extensively with him, he's just more assured expressing opening up as a man mm. now expressing what he feels when he feels stressed when he feels tired he wasn't doing that before and also mm. finding that time to be a child because he, d- he didn't have yeah, that time yeah. Yeah. big big man responsibilities yeah. at them ages yeah. yeah i think to add add to that the difficulties that parents face is that when we were younger you go home and when, by the time you got home that's it that's your, you're in your cocoon you're in your 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 sanctuary yeah. it's home now there are threats every single yep. minute hour whatever through things like social media there's people in your house basically you know, are you you're a waste man okay <laughs> like you people, yeah like you, you're playing your playstation you're online someone's chatting rubbish about you mm-hmm. you're you know someone sends you a message on whatsapp instagram facebook so parents may think that they're doing a great job but they don't know what's going on, they don't know what's going on so yeah. they're, they're not aware of what's what, what their children are, are you know dealing with because it, a lot of things are kind of happening covertly mm-hmm. so you know, parenting has been just been made a lot more difficult by the explosion of social media and other things that, you know, the, the exposure that children are getting to certain yeah. things, you know. It's crazy. Man. The amount of violence and, you know, sex and drugs and all that sort of stuff that children are exposed to from, you know, a much earlier age. It's but, just creating more yeah. and more difficulties for parents. It's just like what Leon said. For me, to be an effective parent in this day and age, you need money and you need time. But in order to get the money, you need to invest time. Exactly. From your child, as yeah. Leon just said. Yeah. So that is the, the pitfall and the shortfall of capitalism. We live in a capitalist society. Everything is dictated by money. Yeah. If you don't have money, you're going to be going to food banks and doing all this other stuff. Yeah. And just your children want certain things because we live in such a society now where it's all about material possession. About, mm. oh, I've got to have the latest trainers. Yeah. I've yeah. got have these 170 pound Air Max Ones, which used to be 90 pounds or 85 pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything's increasing, but yeah. the wages aren't increasing. Exactly. So the yeah. pressure's on people like parents and children are just unreal. It's crazy, and then, man. Talking yeah. to social media, that is basically raising children. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Do you think that social media is actually raising children? Because I was doing some when I was working in my um previous job, I worked in a college and every now and again we come in, they come in and they they give us training about um safeguarding. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they said basically from zero to five, the most influential person in the child's life is their parent. Mm-hmm. Or primary caregiver. Yeah. Or primary mm-hmm. care yeah. caregiver. 
And then after that, it's now um, school friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then after that, it's media and peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that a lot of kids are getting their influences from social media and their peers, and like what you just said, there's pressures on, you know, having the latest trainers, mm. having, and it's gone beyond training. Back in our day, it was like trainers, isn't it? Mm. it trainers, clothes, a limit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe computer games, isn't it? So you had decent trainers. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you could have some Primark jeans, you'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, yeah. you could survive. Yeah, nah, well, what he's wearing. Yeah. Your trainers were fresh, you're cool. Yeah. Like you're, you're good to go. Yeah. But now it's like, it's next level and it carries on into adulthood. And I'm, what I've noticed is that I feel as a society, we're having a prolonged childhood. I don't know what do you what, what do you think of that? In some ways, in I some agree. ways, I agree. I yeah. literally in the session we delivered today, yeah. I said to a young man that you, as a black young man, you are still in your infancy. You're still a child of this world. And I was referring to Nas and the series said, you know, black man, a child of this world. That you have to be an adult a bit earlier than I I was. I thought that I only became an adult, a man, mm. in my thirties. Right. Yeah, in my twenties. I was still a child. Even though I moved to Ireland at the age of 20 to play football, I was still a child. I could run a house and stuff like that, but I was still a child mentally. Yeah, no and in, in, in socially, in the world, like I was still very, very immature and yeah. I didn't understand what was going around. Mm. And that is, that is oppression. That is conditioning. That's a, a number of different things. Also, mm. I got to take responsibility for myself that I wasn't putting yeah. myself out there mm. enough yeah. and trying to learn about certain things, which I didn't feel were as important as maybe my trainers. Or playing football. So it goes both ways. You know, it's that critical consciousness. It's You have to acquire that through experience and through doing it, putting yourself outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And that's what we're, we're yeah. channeling into young people saying, right, you've got to get yourself outside your comfort zone so you learn more. I There's think, so much you need to learn about this world. I think so. Going back to what you're saying about being a child for, for longer, I think a big part of being an adult is sacrifice. Mm. And so, so children don't tend to sacrifice things. I'd rather do this than that. So for example, let's say said about trainers. So some people said, you know, I'm going to go buy a pair of tra- trainers, but they won't go and pay their bill, their, their electricity bill. <laughs> I'll sit in the dark, but I've, wait, I've got vapor wait, like glue in the dark, baby. <laughs> people really do this. I've heard, I've heard jokes about this. People are really I'm, doing I'm this. pretty sure it happens. Listen, I'm, I'm, we've all been there. Yeah. I've been there. We we'll buy things that we can't afford. Yeah, that, that, but to that extreme, like, like to literally... I'm, I'm pretty sure it happens. Wow. In situations where I've neglected a bill yeah, for, for buying something else, thinking, <laughs> I want this. It's a great deal. No. I'm saving money. No, you're spending 70 pounds. Yeah, and you don't have it. <laughs> yeah. And then when you go home, you just got water in your fridge. That's oh, it. Water nah, and ice. You know, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. It's, got, it's on a similar vein, but I was well into adulthood. Mm. After I got married, I mean, I had, um, while I was at uni, I had an Audi... A3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about like today, if you're at uni and you're driving an A3, mm-hmm. like a newish A3, mm-hmm. so as far as I'm concerned, you're balling. Mm-hmm. I wasn't balling. Mm-hmm. Well, this was like 2000, 2007. Mm-hmm. So it was a fairly, fairly new Audi. Mm-hmm. And then when I got married, like two years later, I still had the Audi, but that wasn't enough mm-hmm. when I got a BMW. Mm-hmm. So me and my missus doing his and hers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But to the outside world, People are like, wow. You're doing well. You're doing well. Andrew's the man. Meanwhile, <laughs> during that time, wasn't saving no money. No. Wasn't thinking oh, about yeah. pension. Been there. Bruv. Been there. Like, but you have to look at why, what attracted me to those things and what gave, what made me value those things are so important. 
Same with the kids. Like, why do they value certain things? What makes them self worth? It's a lack of self worth. Yeah, we touched on it in the Panorama documentary. You know, it's a lack of self worth. And Tyson touched on it as well in terms of empathy mm, as yeah. well. So when you couple it with you're being told by society that you're not enough, schools telling you that you're not enough, enough. you're not intelligent enough. Mm. Oh, you're disruptive. Like so. See, yes, everyone is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> All right, on cue. Yes, we are. But basically, it's a lack of self-worth because there's no foundation mm. for young people now. We used to have foundation when we knew and we were educated by maybe family members that yeah. this is you, this is where you stand in the world. Yeah. You need to understand. Even though I feel that there could have been more that were done by my parents in terms of understanding the world maybe in financial terms or yeah, yeah, credit yeah. and things and like not that. not just parents. But, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, but just, yeah. And, and wider uh, family as like, well. Our mum did a fan, fantastic job with us and yeah. we're indebted to her in terms of everything. She's given us the platform to flourish. Mm. Uh, with our father now, <laughs> he was very hands-off. Let me look from a distance, jump in and claim, this is what my children are doing. They're mm. fantastic. And for us, we didn't really understand certain things we didn't understand credit we didn't understand the importance of saving money or whatever yeah. it may be because we were things were provided to us to a certain extent but yeah. we didn't know where it came from now yeah. children it's now on another level mm. they're getting this thing oh yeah mom got, mom got me this you don't know what struggles your mom has done 100%. to get you or gone through to get get you yeah. this stuff so you've got to make your children value certain things with my son he's 12 i don't t- no santa Santa didn't exist at any point in his so, life. So you didn't do the whole two fairy thing, the Santa thing? I never did that personally because mm. I'm not lying to my child. It's a lie. That's just my outlook. I'm a bit extreme sometimes, but with him, no, I worked hard yeah. and I paid this to for, for, and pay for this thing. It's good because he under, he's going to understand so from, yeah. he's going to have a head start. Yeah. He's going to understand from young the mm. importance of, I want something. Mm-hmm. What is this? There's going to be a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Find out what the sacrifice is. Am I prepared for that? Boom. Take a course of action. Whereas a lot of kids, I think they've got this microwave mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let me, Entitlement. Let me give you an example. One of the jobs I, used, I had before in the school, I was an attendance officer. So when children weren't coming into school, I'd do the, you know, contact parents, mom, dad, carer, whoever it was. And most times I'd have to do a home visit. I'd done a number of home visits. I went to do a particular home visit. And when I got to the area, the boy was outside. So I'm talking to him. His mum's popped her head out the window. Like, who's this man talking to my child? And I said, oh, I've come to see you. So she said, oh, explain where I'm from. And, you know, showed her my badge. I'm from the school. So I've gone upstairs, gone into the house. When I've got in the house, I've looked in the boy's room. He's got the latest Xbox, big screen TV, everything. Nice room, kitted out, new trainers the rest of the house there's no carpet there's no wallpaper mom's opened the fridge there's barely anything in the fridge i can see the type of food that they're eating because there's little bits of you know and so he's living a nice life but the rest of the house is in poverty that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so now he feels entitled what if my mom does this for me then everybody should treat me like this true story man Mm. that's society now and that's where it is now because how did but how did we get here because it's capitalism. We're part of Western society. But this at one the, point, it's going to break, right? Every society breaks. Every society. You go back to society, civilizations in Africa and going to Rome and Greece, every society falls. We're getting to the point now where it's breaking point. 
Look at even in the House of Commons and Brexit and stuff. That's breaking point. Yeah, You've never yeah, experienced it's true, it's true. things like There's this. There's a madness going on right, right now. These are speak. supposed to be yeah. our leaders. Mm-hmm. I didn't vote for, but and they're making a mess of a very simple situation. Just offer the second referendum. But <laughs> again, it's just very, very reflective of where we're going. It's all about self. It's not about community. But, mm, it's not thinking mm, about yeah. the future. I have a child. There's a child. He has uh, niece and nephews. Yeah. Like we're thinking about them now. This is why we're doing mentality. We're thinking about them. What world are we leaving for young people? What legacy are we leaving behind? But you see it every day. You see it on the streets every day. You see people walking down the street with their faces in their phones, almost getting knocked over by cars. Mm. No one cares anymore. Yeah. No one seems to care about themselves. Like no rules. Yeah, there's not like everyone's just, in red like, light. You look at mm. you look at cyclists. You look at mobs. Like, everyone's just doing a madness right now. And it's just like, why? How has it got to this point where you just like? You're running to get to work and you almost die because yeah. you run across the road. Is the job more important than your life? Than your life, yeah, yeah. Well, the money is, isn't it? And money. the pressure. And this is, again, linking it back to capitalism. That's the problem is that we are valuing money over everything else. We're, we're actually fully mad out here, bro. What Definitely. do you think of that um, Ferdy dude? Why are you coming for us? It's a joke. Yeah. Why he joke? He's, he's, get, he's getting I prime time. I saw the video and I wanted to smash my phone. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> and then pay my excess Sorry. to get it back. Sorry. <laughs> Let me because because that, that's madness. But who's the the the, the woman who's gonna be the young the youngest billionaire and people have started donating money to her? Oh, that's one of them Jenners. That's one of them Kardashian girls, I think, where everyone's Bruh, donating that, money to because she said she wanted to be that a billionaire. Is the biggest like imagine you've got someone who's a, a multi-millionaire and you've got somebody who doesn't have money saying, Oh, take some of my money so that you can be a trillion, a, a billionaire. Wait, I'm baffled. Wait, who's this person? One of the Kardashians. Kardashians sis, little sisters or something like that. But that is just, that's the bubble of society that for me, those kind of people are, are lost. But you know what's mad? We put them there because we're giving them attention. Why are we giving them attention? Because people want to be associated, want to be associated with what's cool. That's mm. never changed. Yeah. Yeah. We all wanted to be associated with what was cool when we were at school. And who was the cool people? The guys that were kind of doing things that were, weren't cool, you know, yeah. <laughs> being in the gangs and stuff like that. And me personally, my friends and my group were all boys from Peckham and we had close links to Peckham boys. Mm. So then we all became Peckham boys and that was cool. Oh, you're Peckham boy, yeah? Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's me. Mm. And you felt some sort of pride because you had identity. And that's what it links back to is identity. Once you know your identity and your self-worth, nothing's going to be able to break you down. Yeah. Cool. But what's funny is that, so while that was going on for Sesa at school, I was in a, in a, we was in a mixed school, right? Same school, mixed school, but I had an all boys class, which is crazy. Like that was the only class in the whole of the school was all boys. Mm. And what was crazy is that a lot of the boys in my, it was predominantly black, but a lot of the boys that were doing very, very well in my class were all black. So we looked at each other and thought, this is cool. Like it's cool to be smart. Yeah. It's cool to be yeah, 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 yeah. To, yeah. to get your work done. So I remember we having um we had a maths exam and my maths teacher looked like Malcolm X. Different high top. That looked like Malcolm <laughs> X. One of the dopest teachers I've ever had, right? Dope. And Mr. Price. Yeah, Mr. Price. Got a shout out, Mr. Price. Price. Got a shout <laughs> out, Mr. Price. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a, a exam and after the exam, we used, used to go through the exams, you know, as a class. And he had everyone's, you know, grades. And I, I remember clearly I had 88%, right? 88%. And then the highest person was a white boy. He had nine, no, Chinese boy, sorry. And a white boy, they had both had 90%. So we went through, my paper I had two things that hadn't, he hadn't marked properly. So I went, got bumped up to 92%. So when everyone, T, you got 92%, yeah? Like everyone was celebrating. Yeah. The Chinese boy, the white boy looked to me like they wanted to kill me. Mm. 
because they didn't expect me to be there. But for us, that was cool. It was cool to get good yeah. grades, good, get high grades. So we gravitated towards that. Yeah. One of my friends, I still speak to him to this day. Like he's he become a maths teacher. He became a head of department, one of the youngest head of departments that have. He worked in know, investment. He worked, yeah. worked in investment banking. Yeah. Like it was good to be successful. So now we still that's what we're still trying to do. We're around people who I think it's cool to be successful. Not cool to be on the street doing this, doing that. So it's about where you align yourself. That's what you do. Is what's cool. So and that's mm. the biggest question that you have to ask. What, what do you find cool? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I find um, what we find cool has changed. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed back in the day, you'd ask a kid, "What do you want to do when you grow older?" Mm. You get a very mixed bag of professions. Mm. Yeah. You yep. know. Now. It seems to be one set of professions, oh, something yeah. that attracts attention, limelight and money, yeah. sports, yeah. sports, acting, music, TV, yeah. music. Because that is the most viable way for some young, young people because education is not giving them what they need and giving them the information they need to see that clear visual pathway. Mm. And that's the problem is that when, even for us as adults, there's been many times in my life where I just felt, no, I can't go and do that job. I'm not going to do nine to five. Never doing that because I know I'm going to lose it mm. like, mentally. I know my capacity. I knew that from a young man. I'm never commuting. <laughs> yeah, me and retail. I said this to people, I'm never commuting. You never worked in but retail. football was the, the thing that I enjoyed that kept me away from the negativity. And I was good at it. But no one was telling me consistently that, you know what, Sace, you could be in high-end business. And I only found out about, we did a facet five um, thing um when I was at Southwark Council, which basically is like a profiling that sees where you fit in terms of an organisation, where mm. you would be. And basically when that came back, it said that would be good in high-end business. That I am made for corporate environment. I'm made for having my own business. Yeah, your and when I read that, yeah. and I was like this, oh my God, really? And that was, that seed was sown in my head from what, 2011. Right. Then four years later, five years later, I've got my own business. Because I actually started to believe that I could do it. Yeah. So, so you think that basically there's not enough people, like the re- the representation is not there to show you, know what, you could go down this path, that path, that path. Consistent. They're just, mm. It's also it's also about who you rub shoulders with. So for example, I wanted to be an architect. That was my dream. I wanted to be an architect when I was, when I was from 10 years old, probably. Mm. From a young age, I used to draw, you know, town planning, all that sort of was, stuff. Draw, I, that's all I used to do. You remember in my, email. Yeah. yeah, in my spare time. Um, I, I I went to school. I went through, you know, went through school, went through college, done sports science in college. Don't ask me why. Just, I thought it would be easy, yeah. right? And I got halfway through college. I thought, do not. I don't even like this. So I didn't drop out. I finished the course and whatever. So then I decided I'm going to go to uni and do architecture. The lecturer that was doing the sort of open day said, "Oh, it takes seven years." I heard seven years. I can't. I can't <laughs> wait seven years. Switch off. Switch off. I can't <laughs> wait seven years. <laughs> And I, I reckon I switched off right then. So yeah, it's seven yeah. years. But what it actually is, is four, four years, three years in uni, as you no, do normally, and then another four years specialising. But at that time, you're working. So right, you're earning money right. and working. If I would have known that, I'd have been an architect by right now. I remember yeah. when he came to me, he said that to me, seven years, man. I was like, yeah, that's long. <laughs> no, I was 19, 20, I was 26 before I started earning money. Yeah. No, I, I can't. But in reality, yeah, you're still a very, very young man. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, if I would have, and the funny thing is we have a football club now mm. and um, it's called City of London Football Club and it's our own club. But one of the boys that, that well, there's quite a few actually, there's quite a few parents that are architects of the, the children that we coach. When I spoke to one of these guys, I've known him from since he was five years old. He's now in my under 13s. 
Um, I spoke to his dad and he's like, yeah, no, best time of your life. You should have done it. <laughs> but if I would have had somebody around me that said that to me at the time, yeah, yeah. I'd have been yeah. an architect right now. So, so it's me- about shoulders and stuff. Yeah. Like, important. Imperative. We wouldn't yeah. be in this room yeah, if it wasn't about for our mentors. Our mentor. Yeah. Abdullah. Abs. Abdullah yeah. Ben Kamal. And another one. So let's throw in Mr. Devon Hansen Mr. as well. Mr. Devon Hansen as well. Um, there's many influences. Yeah, there. yeah many. Yeah. But there's been some that have been more of a mainstay. Yeah. Abdullah, I met Abs when I was 14. I started playing football for him. He set up a football club because he didn't want his brothers to be involved in what he was in and around. Mm. Um, and they grew up on the Gleba State in Peckham. And he set up the football club to keep boys off the streets. And I came across him at 14. And I saw him yesterday night, actually. But he's been like my big brother. And that's what, 22 years of contact mm. of him guiding us and giving us support and yeah. mentoring. And, and it's funny because how that came about is I used to go to a youth club called um, Kids Company at the time. I'm not sure if you heard that. Like, notorious, the Notorious Kids <laughs> Company. And um, I used to see these guys all the time. They used to, like, their nan used to live on the same road as Kids Company, but I used to hang around with a lot of the guys who used to go to Kids Company. So I'd walk past them. The the I lived at the other end. And I'd see these guys and I'd think, Idiots! Like, why are they staring at us? Like, we, I just, me and my boy just really wanted to beat them up. Just, so, I'm being honest, we just wanted to beat them up. So we used to see him walking up, and we see this tall guy who was quite tall for his age, and we saw this other friend. He was like, "This is butt too friend, this tall skinny dude." And we'll be out on the steps, me, Ramel, and Tyson, the brothers, just chilling, and we'll be talking like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then they see, we see them. There's no dialogue, just look, to look at each other and scream each, each other. We never spoke to hated each, other. each other. We hated each other. We yeah, hated the that. look of each other. So one day. I go to football because Abs Ben is um he's at kids' company. I'm at kids' company. He's like, look, you gotta get out of it. You gotta get out of it. You gotta get out of it. It's not for, not for you. Not for you. Not for you. He goes, come to my football club. I turn up at my football club. Who do I run into? I saw him. I'm like, don't you don't you live on my grand's road? He was like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, then where's your oh, there's your butt two friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we became friends. friends. And that's, that's crazy. And that's man. the age of sixteen. Yeah, we've been friends now twenty years. Wow. 20 so, years we've been friends. So that's the power of positive activities, which mm. we, we focus on and mm. sport and having a mentor, bring people together. Yeah. And Abdullah, as, long, as well as our families, you know, our parents, they are the precursors to all of our work. Yeah. Mm. The, the idea of having a community, mentality is an extension of our family. Yeah. And the love that we've experienced in our families and the love that we have in our lives is giving it to young people. Mm. And also learning from the mistakes that we've we've gone through, yeah. the things that we feel that other family members and friends could have done better around us mm. um, and, and trying to, to impart that knowledge earlier for these young people. Yeah. yeah. As a means to create a visual pathway so it's actually viable and achievable. Once a young person finds their passion and they dedicate themselves to it and they persevere no matter what, you see them, mm. literally a light bulb comes on in their head. Mm. Yeah. Right. And even if they don't get to where they want to get to, say they want to be a music technician or they want to be a football player or they want to be a lawyer, yeah. even if they don't get to the summit of that, there's going to be something in and around that profession which is going to make them want to really work harder yeah. and that they yeah. can really aspire to, to become it. And that's the key thing. Once a child finds something that they really love and want to do, yeah. that is it. Yeah. And it's the same with adults. They say, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life again. We are doing what we love. We are tired. <laughs> tired but inspired. Yeah. 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 Tired, inspired. Pow, pow. But, yeah. but yeah, and that's the inspiration in terms of what we're doing. We're just trying to be kind of change makers and let people know that this is what we're doing and just break the mold. Mm. 
Mm. Really? And that's what's important for us. Yeah. Um, you guys were on Sky News the other day as well, wasn't it? Yeah, we were on Sky News. Well, I was. Yeah. yeah. I was on Sky News for the, the first company. one. Yeah. <laughs> what, was you, what was you talking about on Sky News? Um, That old Sky <laughs> News, that was the, with, on the Kay Burley show. Yeah. So that was last month, wasn't it? Yeah. So basically talking about the solutions to the problems we're facing in terms of youth violence and youth crime. Yeah. And how we can kind of refocus our youth um, pretty much. So in a nutshell, I just said that it's a community issue first and foremost. Mm. Um, we need to do more as adults. We need to invest no more time in our, no in our young people. Mm. Uh, companies like Mentivity, uh, in terms of our, we don't have a rigid approach. It's a bespoke program for each person that we deal with. Mm. Um, we have to take more responsibility in terms of what we are imparting in terms of knowledge and the lack of knowledge to our young people mm. as a means to help them be more settled and not to be unsettled by things like social media and, and issues that wider society is facing and they may be facing, but that they're equipped to deal with these issues. And that's basically what we spoke about in a nutshell. Now, our media presence is, in, is in increasing. We've had Sky News twice you know, yeah. this year. We've had Panorama, which was a huge one for us. Panorama yeah. is, yeah, is yeah. huge, that's global. You know, we're getting messages from from Africa and Kenya and like to yeah. so many different places, Australia about our work, um, people trying to get in contact with us. So yeah, Sky News, what else have we been on? Victoria Derbyshire. Victoria Derbyshire show. Derbyshire. So yeah, I've been nominated to do this stuff pretty much. <laughs> Self-nominated. <I'm laughs> but yeah, for, for me, it's not something that I'm actually really comfortable with, I'll be honest. Right. Like when I go and speak to people, my hands get ice cold. Like literally feel my hands ice cold. Right. And I just get nervous. And it's not something. But you're doing I'm a good job, though, man. Trying, or maybe just good at hiding stuff, <laughs> <laughs> poker face. But nah. it's something that we have to do to show our young people. We have to be the change that we want to see exactly in yeah. our young people. And it's something that I'm not totally comfortable with, and I'm just too contactable at the moment. Yeah, we're just like, hi, is this Six Homes Lewis? Hi, yes, <laughs> I got your number for PA, bro. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> my mum's actually involved, <laughs> but I don't think she wants to do it now. <laughs> Might be too busy, but. Um, yeah, we're, we're getting that recognition yeah. from not just our community, but people in the media, within the media now. And yeah. that helps us to gain a, a larger presence and yeah. let people know what we're doing on a wider scale, which is important. So, Do you know what, yeah? I wish we had more time, bro, because there's bare stuff yeah. that I want to touch on. But you said your son's 13, right? He'll be 13 next year. He's 12, yeah. 13. Okay, my, my son's like, my son's six. Mm -hmm. And I worry, although he's only six, mm -hmm. I worry about what kind of world he's going to, what kind of environment he's going to be in mm. when he starts secondary school. Like, mm. So your son is basically, he would have just maybe he's done year a year eight. of yeah, secondary year school. Yeah, he's in second, yeah, year eight. So like, what, do you have any anxieties about like where he is at right now at the moment every, based on? Every every day. Yeah. Every day. and But this is why our work is so important. Yeah. Like what we're doing and for him to see what we're doing. So see his uncle, see his dad, yeah. see his, Got positive, uncle. proper positive you know, role models see, around yeah, him. Yeah, and seeing what we're doing. And for me, he's way more mature than I ever was. He's much more grounded. He, mm. He's knowledgeable. He's more intelligent. Like, he's got to be better than me. And if he's not, then I failed as a parent and we failed as a community. Yeah, yeah. But for him, I look at what he wants to do. He wants to play professional football. He's focused on certain things. He's going to cadets. Uh, that's given a bit of discipline. Like, he's traveling with me and I'm trying to show him that there's a larger world out there and through my work and what I'm doing that his dad's working hard and yeah. he's someone that I can be proud of. But I am worried. Um, I'm worried about just sending to a shop, you know, down the road and go and get something, give him a bit of responsibility. But as parents, the most difficult thing is letting go slowly. Yeah. And you kind of have to. Because yeah. if you don't, 
Because one day we're not going to be here, innit? No, no. You never so, know. It could be tomorrow. It could be, you know. But you just got to be, we've just got to prepare him. Yeah. And that's what we, we have conversations all the time about, about him and how we support him. Not just him, our nephew, our niece. Yeah. You know, it, it's important that we are doing this work to create a safe environment. So, and go on. yeah. So I think it kind of goes back to a question you asked earlier about the rough with the smooth. Mm. Mm. Um, Growing to a school like Kingsdale, knowing that there was always going to be some sort of issue, some sort of drama. You might have to fight that day. You might have to fight. You might have to. It kind of, it it had you on edge in a certain way. And for, for us, it was comfortable enough to say that, okay, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm, I'm always having to fight or anything mm. like that. Mm. But the biggest thing that I learned from there is that knowing when something's going to kick off, mm. knowing when there's danger of present yes. mm. and being able to anticipate yeah. and then act accordingly. And or, it goes or run. Or, or run. <laughs> that might be the act accordingly, right? And, and there are times, and I, and I say to young people now, I am not too proud to run away. Yeah, like I will you. run, like I will run, you know, as fast as I can and not look back. And then, and then somebody says, I don't know, nothing even happened. Cool. I'm at home. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It don't matter. Right. But it's, it's being able to, to, to see that. Mm. I mean, I remember once I was in a club, one of my friends put on a rave and I was in a club. And I saw something kick off between two people. I was like, oh snap, this is about to go down. So I, was, I you know, kept my head on the swivel. Guys left the club after the argument. He's come back. I see him come running through the club with something chrome. I was like, blood, right? So I was like, okay, cool. So I found one of the, you know, the big pillars, like yeah. full concrete. Yeah. Uh, this is me. That bullet's not coming through there. <laughs> so I'm gonna stand right there. And then I see everybody else losing their mind, screaming, running. After that incident, there were <laughs> shoes, bags, everything. People just lost their mind and ran out. And I just said they chilled because I knew what was, I saw what was happening. Bouncer dealt with it, which was amazing. Like he came, literally came running like a train, picked up the guy, dashed him outside. He picked up the gun and ran off, right? It was crazy. But for me, I felt so much more comfortable because I, I could see it was going to happen. Mm. And I think part of being a good parent is showing your child that there are, there is going to be, drama there is going to be issues there there are going to be times where you, you're going to find yourself in trouble how do you act accordingly how do you deal with it yeah and that's you know being prepared but it's hard how it's to experience. do it and, and yeah. that, that's the thing like we've all experienced it we've been in and around that we we know people that were about that life when we were younger mm. and we might be around them like okay nah not today i'm not going to be around <laughs> you or being mistaken by people like running up on you like oh say this is you bro i was about to hurt you bro i'm like what do you mean? Oh, <laughs> bruv, you, you know me. Like, yeah, I just thought it was someone else, bruv. I, I was ready to stab you. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. See you yeah. Next week. It, that actually mm. happened. No word yeah. of a lie. But, but it's yeah. again, like with my, my son, like he lives with his mom. He's, he's in Bromley. Like mm. he's in, you know, he's lived in different parts, but I'm always conscious that I wanted to be tough. And I don't like that to say like, like me, like, yeah. but we're tough. We grew up on the Ellsby estate. All of us grew up on the Ellsby estate. We grew up in an area where you had to be able to look after yourself, yeah. where you don't walk down the street and smile. Like, hey, how you doing? Because yeah, yeah. you know that was weakness. So we all walk down with our smooth face and stuff like that. Mm. I want my son to have some elements of that. Saying that you are not the sace that I first saw. Yeah. Because yeah. I know your sister, right? Yeah. I used to work with your sister. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. she said, yeah, I've got, yeah. you know when you're in the staff room, yeah. break time. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, um, Three brothers. Yeah. Three brothers. Show me a picture. I was thinking, wow, this guy looks like he's on crud. 
And this was like about eight, nine years ago, innit? When, when she was working Wait. in East London? Yeah, yeah, New York oh, College, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, like, yeah. Um, when was this? When was 20, I started working there in 08. Yeah, 08, yeah. 09, yeah. So yeah, yeah that yeah. was 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So show me a picture of you. I was like, wow, this guy looks like he's on crud. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the normal reaction. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I get. Oh, I get shit. that, because my face is quite heavy set. Yeah. That's growing up on the Osby Estate, because I knew, did I have a screw face? Then mm. that was it. That's my face. Even when I walk down the street now, I try to not do yeah. it. But I'm like, and everyone says- We're forever telling them- Go on, tell go God. We work in schools all the time, as you guys know, with the company. There are some teachers that have just said, I don't, we may have done something wrong, but can you deal with it, please? Because we don't want to see Sace's mean face. The Sace face. The Sace, Sace face. <laughs> we call it the Sace face now. So it's called the Sace face. And they know if Sace comes up to us with the Sace face, we've done something wrong. It needs to be rectified, yeah, basically. Yeah. So- that's just me though. That's how I am. But I can't hide my feet, my feelings or emotions. If I feel a certain way, I do it. Yeah. And that's, I want my son to have certain traits that I have, mm. but I want him to be himself. I want him to be tough. I want him to, like even playing football, like you're not aggressive enough. You're not, mm. but he's not me. Yeah, that's true. You understand? He's not me. He's and actually, also it's a different world now. Like yeah. back in the day, yeah. if you have like, if you have a fight with someone, mm. The repercussions are not the same no, as now. No. Like now, if you have a road rage, yeah, yeah. do you know how many cameras there are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't do anything anymore yeah, in, yeah. in this day and age. You yeah. can't sort nothing out. Mm. There's cameras everywhere. There's cameras in the cars. Yeah. So you can't do nothing. <laughs> With back in the day, if you have a you quick ruckus with someone, <laughs> yeah. no one saw it. There was no cameras. Yeah, it was yeah, dealt yeah. with. That was it. Yeah. But now, yeah, it's just so world. being tough and that, when do you get to use that? You can't. No. You just get... But more than being tough is being about being assertive. Yeah. Mm. So the funny thing is, is Sace's son is he's a bit more like me in terms of mannerisms. I'm very laid back, chilled out. I'm the, I'm that guy. Was uh, you know, is Tyson is bothered? Like he's he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's always horizontal sort of thing. So so his son is more like me in terms of mannerisms. Mm. I've learned. I'm still learning that when there's certain things I don't like, I have to say no. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And it even happened the other day. We had a little issue. I haven't even spoken to him about it yet, about Leon yet, but he asked me to do something through work. And I said, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And it had repercussions on me personally. And I, was, I wasn't I was angry at him because he doesn't know what's going on. Mm. I was angry at myself because I didn't say no. Yeah, I can't do it. I have other things that I need to do. And and that's part of being tough. Yeah, mm. You know, um, and people always think about being tough as like, oh, ready to fight, ready to, you know, mm. that sort of stuff. But Sometimes, Sometimes being tough is actually telling yeah. people what you're going through yeah, and saying, do you know what, actually, I can't cope with this. Right, now. I've been through that myself, saying I can't cope with certain things going on right now. And that shows a bit of toughness because you know what you need right now. So there's, uh, you know, the, contrary to popular belief, toughness doesn't just come in one form. Mm. In aggression. Yeah. In yeah. aggression. Yeah. And we have to teach the young people that. And that's one thing that we have, you know, ongoing conversations, for example, with, with, with Stacey's son, my nephew, um, that... And, and the other children that we work with, that actually being a man isn't just like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. let's talk. It's about let's, being yeah, let's, smart let's, and that's be, it. be smart streetwise, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to translate to Bro. violence or yeah. bravado. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes you got to know when to, you got to know when to when run. To yeah. I'll tell you a story. Yeah. I went, um, it was a Sunday morning and I went outside. I said, I said, I'm going to go and get some milk. Mm. So I ran out to go and get some milk and my car's parked downstairs from my, from my flat. So as I'm walking now to the car, I'm seeing someone parked next to my car, smash the driver, the driver window mm. and crawl out and start running. 
He's running towards me here. Mm. Some next guy ran past me. He's like, oi, oi. I didn't look left, <laughs> right. I ran back upstairs to the flat because I was thinking if he pulls out, if he pulls out a gun, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether he's going to start shooting at the guy or yeah, shooting yeah. at me. Yeah. I was like, see, that is the, that is the, the street wiseness. Like mm. the fact that you can smell danger because yeah, yeah. you've seen similar things kick off before. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that is key. And again, that is, again, through education experience, isn't it? Everything yeah. comes back to learning. Or growing back up in South. Well, true. Well, easy, Tiger. All right, listen. Everyone wants to be from South, though. But it's important. Like, it's important. I wouldn't trade my life experiences for anything. No, me neither. And I'm glad I went to school in South. Like, at the time that I did in the early 90s I'm glad because I got to see a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have been exposed to in East London at that time because East London was mellow mm. them times especially popular dead, dead. Parts, parts, parts proper mellow all you had was the dancer types mm. in Stratford just always dancing at the bus stop I'm like what are you guys oh, well, doing Hack, well Hackney clapped and them no so not Hackney like, Hackney was always Hackney crud was but always, yeah, where yeah, I grew up like Limehouse popular they were both it was like <laughs> <Bo> E3 like <laughs> man was just like when they were talking like, like widening that Bow yeah. E3 I'm like where is that like where is this I know no one goes there, like. But it became something. It yeah. became yeah, something later on. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Of course, of course. But so, Sam has always been about this life. <laughs> very much so, man. Did you guys used to hang out in Chocadero? Yeah, yeah. every that, Saturday. That was bro. a stomping yeah. ground, yeah, isn't it? Standard yeah. every yeah. Saturday, yeah. man. Yeah, literally just stacking days, your bro. money. I used to challenge people. We used to challenge people at Sega Rally, remember? Yeah. We say, yeah. right, if you beat me, yeah. then I'll pay you a pound. If you lose, you pay me a pound. And that was the next go. Like, yeah, literally. On Sega Rally. <laughs> From yeah, an right. early stage. I'm still playing Sega Rally now in my do head. Do you think it's mad how, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just out of touch. I don't think kids have this communal place where they go, where they could just chill. Do you no, know what where I mean? It's safe. No. We're safe. No. 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 Even the youth clubs have been taken away. So it's yeah, like, yeah. where do they actually go? Even the youth clubs. So the fact that a lot of these young people now are just on road. Mm. Doing what they want, you know. There's, you can well, understand. What's there to it, do on road apart from the obvious? Like that, you know what I mean. So there isn't. There, there isn't. Nothing. I mean, the the thing the thing that was amazing about Trocadero is that yes, there were times when we had a little bit of issues with yeah, certain yeah, people, right? Yeah. That's that's always going to happen when you bring loads of people together. But when you used to go to Trocadero, you used to know that everyone's from different areas, mm. and there was no drama. You were there to more often than not to to go chat to girls. That's yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. That's, that's what I was. That's what you were there for, right? Yeah. And then you know, little arcade games here and there, but it was just about that's all it was. Mm. And um, now, you, if Trocadero was still open now, it wouldn't be open for long. No, yeah. because people would just be getting you know yeah. shot, stabbed, whatever yeah. outside yeah, of it. Because yeah. because you can't bring people together. I mean, there's so many children that have never been outside of their their area. Like, mm. you know, they grew up, they born in Peckham, grew up in Peckham, yeah. died in Peckham, unfortunately. It's so small though. It's so yeah. not America. Why are we doing this? Listen, I, I was coaching a boy and I said to him, just meet me in Waterloo. And when you meet me in Waterloo, we'll go down to the game. Because I, I was running a college team. He lives on Old Kent Road. And I said, Waterloo. And he said, he's 18 at the time. Where's that? <laughs> And then he dropped the phone and said, bro, are you being serious? Waterloo is one bus. You can get 172. You can get anything. Just meet me at Waterloo. He says, I don't know how to get there. You have a phone. You have Google. Wow. I've yeah. never been to Waterloo. I've never been like really past anything. Cars. That's crazy. Bro, me and my cousin, yeah. When we was eight and nine, we just got across London on yeah, the tube. Standard. Eight and nine. The same. Well, not at that age. But not that, yeah. Uh, 12, 12, 13. Yeah. When I was at like 12, 13. East London. We were going to Hackney. Back in the days, we were a little south. We'd go to Hackney to our uncle's house and to my, my grand's yeah. later on. But we always knew that London was bigger. Mm. Our auntie 
the auntie was great. She used to get us out going to museums and mm, doing yeah. things that children from the LSB estate wouldn't be doing. Going to like her yeah, and things man. like that. And she gave us an, an alternative culture, which at that time we didn't appreciate. Mm. We used to kind of shoot it down. Like, we don't want to go there. <laughs> and we get to the beach and we're like, oh, this is great. This is great. Playing yeah. like, you know, different things and yeah. playing with frisbees and stuff and literally getting out of the ends. Yeah. And that was important for us because we knew yeah. she used to travel a lot. And when she came back, You've been on Concord. Oh my gosh, you went to New York and Concord. And we just literally were, had, I had an obsession with New York and the Twin Towers and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. that's when my obsession with travel began. Yeah, and yeah. literally from, from her mm. and then my mum going to, to France, Dallas, yeah, France, to France, yeah, you know, our first family holiday, we were, I was 13, 96. We worked supremely hard as a family unit to go to Florida for a month. And that was just literally fantastic. Mm. And these children, they don't know anything about I mean, the world. When the, I come back from my holidays, yeah. sorry, I come back from my holidays, I will show them my pictures. Like I got back from Kenya the other day and I will show them, mm. this is where I've been. I'm from the Osbury Estate. This is where I'm going. So they can actually see that one of our owners doing something like this. Yeah, yeah. That they're working hard, but they're also enjoying their life traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is key, sorry. Because the alternative is, I had a friend of mine who was working in a school at the time and they took a bunch of children on a, on a trip. So they've gone out of London somewhere um, I can't remember exactly where they went. And there was a boy on the coach. And he looked. He said, oh my gosh, there's a Greg's. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I sounded like me in Romania when I saw KFC. I was like, oh my gosh, they got KFC. Like he didn't know. He thought that, that the Greg's in Campbell was the only yeah. Greg's. <laughs> he didn't know about no chains. And that's because he doesn't get out the ends. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's so crazy. But... And this world is so big. Mm. It is so big, but small at the same time. Yeah. As we, you know, but um, yeah, life is about experiences. Mm, 100%. And if, if we can't impart something to help other people try to, you know, create their own or, or find some other experiences, then what are we really doing? Mm. You know, if we kind of ex- inspire somebody to say, do you know what? I want to try and experience something different. It's a waste of time. 100%. Yeah, we made me a child once and... Mm. Just say one thing to them and they're like, I remember that. It's true. And yeah. that's happened to me. That's happened to me on numerous occasions. Take that one yeah. seed. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's taking that time out. And that's the responsibility that we have that our community, as especially us coming from you know a Caribbean background, it takes a child, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. That was the old saying. Yeah. I said it before in the panorama that it takes a village, it takes a number of people to raise a child. And that is what people are failing to understand. Mm. Just doesn't lie with the parents yeah, yeah. but we've moved away from commu- that communal sense of being towards yeah. like individual yeah. you know what I mean the new it's more focused on nuclear it's family in, it's individualistic yeah, yeah. that's yeah. basically what it is it's basically what I can do it's my family yeah. you can't tell me nothing about mm. my child yeah. Those why do you think why do you think we ended up like that do you think it's something to do with capitalism or do you think it's just it's both but it's also ignorance it's people that are ignoring these things that are going on in their life oh my child will never do that yeah. oh my child won't do that you're enabling your child to do certain things whether it's at school, whether it's in wider society. And then when something happens to your child, which Leon always says, no, your child wasn't an angel. No, mm. your child was up to doing, was doing this. Mm. And it's no wonder why they were hurt because they were doing certain things. Not to say that we're being dismissive, but we're telling the parents, this is what yeah. it, the reasons are. Mm. And you've been naive to the fact. So you, with your child, you know, there are innocent situations where children have been killed and they've literally not been involved in anything. anything. Yeah. And we totally understand and empathize with that. But there are children who are out there who are very active, trying to hurt other people's children. And then when they've been hurt, 
Oh, he was so sweet. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't loving. He wasn't no. caring. He was out there making people's lives a misery. So for me, it's accountability. We've yeah. lost the ability to be accountable holistically. Yeah. Not like there's not a blanket statement, but a lot of people accountability. You drive. I'm driving today. Guys just pulls out in front of me. I'm beeping like you didn't even indicate. You just didn't even look. Mm. And then he didn't even signal to say thank you. I had to pull up next to him and say, "Hey, you did something wrong. I didn't do anything wrong." Conversation stopped there because I'm not going to prove to you. You're an adult. That's yeah, how you. Yeah. So if you have children, that's what you're showcasing. <coughs> Your child's in the car. You make a mistake. Ah, it's death. Yeah. It's nothing to do with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Don't take the it's blame. Learn behavior. Yeah, yeah. It's accountability. I you think, have to be accountable. I think what did, you know on a maybe larger scale is that as humans we learn through interaction, mm. through social interaction, and the world that we are living in today, especially the Western world, social interactions are decreasing. Mm. All the time, day yeah. in, day out. Yeah. So you got things like you could go a whole day, a whole week, a whole month without speaking to anybody, depending on the job that you do. Yes. yes. So you you might work in, I don't know, I don't I've never worked in IT, but I just for some reason it just comes across. So I'm working in IT, I'm just on my computer all day. I go to go shopping, I go to a self-checkout. I don't talk to no human. I go to get my travel card, I go to the machine, I order a takeaway. Just eat. Yeah. Uber eats. Yeah. Guy comes in. I've already paid for it. I don't have a t- <laughs> you, don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't, there's, you no, do not nothing. need to interact. Yeah. And, you know, I, for anybody that's been on a tube rush hour, I mean, you are in someone's armpit mm. and you won't talk to them. Like you will not say anything to them. And it's just like, how can you be in such close proximity with somebody and not even make eye contact? Yeah. Yeah. Like that is crazy to me. And there was a time we went to a school Recently, um, we traveled and we looked at each other. I was like, this is madness. We're going on the tube. This is madness. Like people, no one looks at each other. No one says anything to no one. Yeah. Everyone's got headphones in. They're in their screen. No one, and it's just like, we're meant to be human. The humans, the, you know, those humanistic values have been taken out of life. Yeah. So it's no wonder society is the way it is. It's true. It's affected so many things. And I've, I think I've said it in, in other podcasts as well. Like the human interaction, the fact that we're always like on our phones and whatnot is mm. affected so many industries. Yeah. Like, for example, if you think of like raving, mm. you think of DJs. Mm-hmm. What do you, who's your favorite DJ? I'm sure you've got some because of the age group that you're in from mm. back in the day. Mm. If you ask a young person now, who's your favorite DJ? DJ Khaled. <laughs> and Any DJ, the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. But do you get what I'm saying though? Like, yeah. what do you need a DJ for when you got Spotify? Yeah. Mm. I was in yeah. the car with my son there. He's like, Dad, can you can you rewind the song? No, this is the radio. Mm. Why can't you wind it? It's the radio. It's the radio. <laughs> it's gone forever. It's gone. <laughs> like they don't know about that. All they know is like instant on demand. Like you can get yeah. 10, 10 million songs yeah. in your hand. Yeah, yeah. Where back in the day, you had to go to the shop and trail through records, and if you missed it, you missed it. But that adds to entitlement, yeah, isn't it? It's daily entitlement. It's saying, "I want this now. Mm. If I don't get this now, then there's a problem. That's a first world problem." Like I was in Kenya for two weeks, pretty much. Yeah, and I was in a uh, county called Baringo, uh, hosting the tournament, and these children had nothing. I'm telling you, there, Baringo and Kibra, which is a large slum, a million people in the slum. They had nothing, but all I could see was smiles for the children's faces. Smiles upon smiles. And I literally looked around and never seen people so happy in my life who had so little. That's humbling, man. And, and I, you think that us, we've got clean yeah. water, yeah. food on tap, yeah. you know, clean roads. Yeah. 
it, it's crazy. And we're and more, more time we're depressed. Right. And it's like being at hotels and I turn on the tap and the water didn't work. And I literally had my Western hat on like, right, who am I? Who am I going to complain to? Yeah. No one really cares. No, no. Look, if it, the water's not working, you better go and talk to a neighbor. Yeah. Or you better figure mm. it out yourself. Yeah. Like, I actually felt entitled. I thought, you know what? I'm not in the West now. Mm. Certain things didn't work out there the way I wanted to. And even the way they drive in, in, in Kenya, I was like, hey, this is actually worse than England. Like, I didn't think it could get any worse. But I just realized that this is a different society. This is totally different. And I shouldn't feel entitled because I'm used to certain things happening instantly. Mm. That... You have to go back to basics. Like I was in another place called Watamu. Like, literally, I just saw people out from early in the morning, 5 a.m. when I was traveling in. And they were just out chilling, children out playing, and they were just happy. And I'm like, I want that level of happiness. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't see myself living here for the rest of my life in this urban society. As much as I'm a city boy, I love London. Yeah. But... I want to be in somewhere rural. I want to be where the sun is. I want to grow my own food. Yeah. I want to be at one with the earth one day. And for me, I found my calling. These guys, I think they found their calling and we're happy mm. and we want to continue going forwards with it. But we know that living this life here is not the yeah. be all and end all. It has yeah. a shelf life. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder, I think, where the hell are we going with this? Like something is going to break one day. Of course. Like where do you see, where do you see life in like five years the way, at the rate at which things are happening with technology, um, social media, and even the, our political system at the moment where no one knows even what's going on. Mm. So you know the crazy thing is I had a dream this morning uh, and I just, it was really well, quite harrowing actually. It's kind of one of those end of days kind of things. Mm. And it just looked, people kind of, I, I don't know if you've seen The Road. Um, the what? It's a film the called Road. The Road. Oh no, no, I haven't Vigo Mortensen and basically his son. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, everything, apocalyptic. yeah, apocalyptic. Yeah. Everything runs out. There's, you know, people are scavenging for food. And then you've got like gangs of people who go out and they're just literally trying to find children to eat. Like wow. literally, it's a it's a it's a it's a dope film. Like, it's what's, a very what's the film called? Film? The Road. The Road. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of my dream. It was kind of like that, and it's just like, you know, you see a lot of things in 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 you know the Walking Dead, all those sorts of things, and maybe it, it doesn't get that bad, but I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And I can see people, you know, increased levels of violence. Um, you know, that that sort of stuff. And just people trying to get what they need. It's the mm. survival of the fittest almost. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. It's a juxtaposition, isn't it? Because people want things now. But when it becomes out of necessity, people are going to do whatever they need to do to get yeah, yeah, what yeah. they want. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. Like Tyson said, people crossing the road without looking. I need to get to this job, but I need to message this person on Facebook whilst I'm crossing the road without looking. It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And that's... When I watched that film, Ty, I think I remember seeing yeah, it. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah. I watched it and I literally it touched me because my son was probably about yeah, he was five. Young. He was young. He was about five or six. And I literally pictured me and my son being in that environment. I was like, no way. I need to make some contributions to society, mm. which is going to hopefully not get us there. And I know, like, mentivity, what we're doing, that this is going to be a UK wide company, will be a global company. We already are. We're, we're already helping out with a. a, a women's refuge and orphanage in Kenya. So we're donating hundred pounds a month to help out our concept of support and community and love and education. Like we're going to spread this across the world. And that's what we want to do. That's going to be our legacy. Dope, mate. We need more people like you guys, man. Seriously. Uh, man. Seriously There's a lot man. of us out there. People but we got, um, mm-hmm. we got to wrap up, man. It's been, it's time's just, it feels <laughs> like we've been here like <laughs> half an hour. No, no, no. It's mad. <laughs> 
Part two, part two. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's all good. Yeah, man. man. It's no, been good having it. you guys here, man. So for, for people listening, if they want to find out more about Mentivity and what you guys are doing, like just give them your socials, your websites and whatnot. First one. You can go to www.mentivity.com. Or on Instagram, you can find us at, at Mentivity. Or on Twitter, same same handle, at Mentivity. Um, and there's a little Facebook presence as well, yeah. Mentivity. So yeah, just, you know. Sorry, Ty. YouTube channel. We have a, a yeah. Mentivity YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. So we'll be posting some of our content in terms of some of the sessions that we're doing, uh, sharing some of our views, maybe even do a little podcast one day. Who knows? But we've set that up now. So yeah, yeah we're trying to That's be important, man, because getting when you get the content out there it's it's a thing where it's like you're planting the seed mm-hmm. so yeah. they may not be ready mm-hmm. but they they're knowing about you yeah. and you're you're spreading your message so when you go into schools and whatnot they already know yeah. who you are yeah you? that's yeah. where we're getting to Do you know what i mean yeah so, you guys are doing wicked stuff man andrew appreciate it man. thank you man, nah, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for inviting us on like really enjoyable hope you guys enjoyed that episode if you did don't forget to like comment and subscribe hit the subscribe button or the follow button depending on where you're listening if you're on spotify if you're on soundcloud hit the follow button if you're on itunes make sure you subscribe and don't forget to leave a review if you like the content or if you've got any feedback that's always appreciated and it helps the podcast grow and it helps the podcast improve so with that being said gonna be back next week monday for more fun and games don't forget to follow me on the socials at andrew underscore cbx both on Twitter and I was about to say Twittergram both Twitter and Instagram and also you can follow the official redesigned Instagram as well at redesigned pod all right guys I'll catch you next week take care and bye for now